Well, welcome back to the new news podcast. It's welcome to 2024. It's a brand new year. Uh, the podcast is coming up on a year old. I haven't been around that long, but Sandy, Andrew, you guys have been carrying the torch. We're into 2024 now. Andrew, or wow, I called you Andrew. At least I did not call you Sunny this time. That's How okay. are you feeling about the new year? Are you excited about the Cardinal season, content, all that stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be getting into 2024. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to be better this year just to start. I think they're going to win more than 71 games, fingers crossed. Um, but also, I'm really excited to do another year of the Newt News podcast. It was such a blessing last year. Um, honestly, couldn't have imagined that it would have gone as well as it did. Um, and all the sports been just really exciting, overwhelming, very thankful for it. I uh, can't wait to see where we are heading into 2025. Yeah, it's it's honestly been so cool to be a part of this. And so I'm grateful for you guys for inviting me on to it. Um, and I'm just really excited to see kind of what comes from everything this year. Um, we had a little bit of things go down over um, the last few weeks in baseball. We haven't really been that active. We've uh, posted different clips from our charity live stream. And then we've also um, did a all-time draft breakdown. So you can go check that out on our channel. Um, but Sandy, how are you kind of feeling about like the Reds made a few moves, the Braves made a move for Chris Sale. Obviously, we're going to get into some Cardinals trade ideas here in a moment, but there were some significant transactions in the National League. Yes. How do you feel like this is kind of com- like stacking up for the Cardinals right now? What does this mean for the market as a whole? Yeah, so the pitching market has started to move. As we kind of thought, Yamamoto signing has unclogged it a little bit. You've seen some other major dominoes fall. Frankie Montas goes to the Reds. That's really tough. He's a guy that I really liked. I've Talked about him a number of times on here. I think he's a good bounce back candidate, but also like the deal he got's a big deal, right? One year, sixteen million. Um, that's that's not the AAV I would have wanted him on. So I understand why the Cardinals didn't go after him. Uh, hopefully, he's not very good in Cincinnati. That's all I can say about that. Uh, the sale deal is really really interesting. Feels like a salary dump for Boston, but for Atlanta, you never know. They might have just found gold. Uh, he's a guy that's at his peak, at least better than anybody available on the market right now. But the question is at 34, can he recapture that? And no one's sure. So it'll be really interesting. Some people I've heard compare it to the Kluber deal, um, which is a guy who was out of his prime, kind of a salary dump goes to another team and he's just not the same guy anymore. But you know, you never know everything. The Braves touch turns to gold these days. So (laughs) uh, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week coming out of Christmas. Hopefully it picks up a little more. I'd like to see the relief market start moving soon. uh, Cause I think that's where the Cardinals are going to be most active. Yeah, I agreed on that. And I feel like the sale thing was kind of like in the big picture was a lose lose when you look at like Cardinal fans and how they look at it. Cause like if the Cardinals had traded for Chris sale, I really don't, think fans would be all that excited about it but it's the fact that the braves went and did it now people are really upset about it like you talked last year i mean some people are really high on chris sale so some people would say um, two months ago they should have done it but a lot of people are kind of out on it um and again like it could work out but also the red the red sox ate a lot of money and the braves gave a significant piece and return yeah. to get sale because of that and so i've seen people say oh the cardinals missed on trading tyler o'neill for chris sale and it's like a, I don't think that's true. I don't think the yeah, Tyler Neal for Chris Sale is going to yeah, work. Yeah. And also, like, they got they got interesting bullpen arms back in return, which was what the Cardinals are looking for. I mean, maybe there's a way that the Red Sox are interested in O'Neal and maybe don't eat as much salary on Chris Sale to make it happen. But tough. also, they were going after Yamamoto at the time. So, like, the people's, like, 
just same deals that are available three, two months ago, one month ago, aren't necessarily the deals that are available today, and vice versa. There's players that become more available later on. So, like clearly, the reports out of Boston are they're trying to move off of money to go bring in certain guys. They're willing to maybe extend themselves for Yamamoto, but they're not necessarily going to go break the luxury tax when going after Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. So, I just I don't think that was really true. Um, so I'm not really mad that the Cardinals didn't get sale. Like there's a chance that sale pitches 50 innings this year and no one really cares what happened with that. And the Braves have a shaky rotation because their top two is great. But then you've got Charlie Morton, Chris Sale, and you've got Bryce Elder. And I mean, their farm system's really thin now. So yeah. I'm not really complaining if I'm a Cardinal fan. The Frankie Montas deal again is a one that if they didn't go after Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson and they needed two more starters, I'd be interested in. But now I'm not interested exactly. in. So yeah. good for the Reds, not really what the Cardinals needed to do. And then in general, like the market's just not moving. Like just it's Christmas, it's New Year's, things don't really happen. So yeah, I would expect January 2nd on to be when the rumor mill starts to pop up and then I the next so. few weeks or so. Also, I noticed as you were talking, I left one of those Troy Tula whiskey. I was trying out our format for a thing later. So you might have seen a weird Troy Tula whiskey trade up on this on the stage for a little bit there. Um, my bad. Um, but again, like we're we're talking Cardinals here. That's what you guys want to talk about here. Um, we my Sandy and I put together three different trade ideas, and maybe you have more. I have one extra off the wall one that I'll throw in here. Um, and we want to take some some of your trade ideas as we go through too. But obviously, it seems like the the primary way the Cardinals can make a major upgrade this offseason outside of a bullpen arm is via the trade market, um, which is also a place they could get a bullpen arm. But um, they're probably not going to go out and sign a significant starting rotation arm. Yeah, it's just not Highly doubt they signed a position player unless it's a depth move. Yeah, I know. So we're kind of looking at the trade market here. And obviously we've talked at nauseum about a lot of this already. So a lot of these names aren't going to really surprise you, but then again, Chris sale just got traded and that wasn't really on the books. And so there's yeah. a potential that things happen, especially the RSN uncertainty. Maybe there's some clubs that decide to move off some players that they didn't really want to. Um, again, maybe as the pitching market moves on, there's some guys that become available or it's the guys that we have been talking about. So we're going to throw out a trade idea. Um, We'll present it to the other person. The other person will kind of give it like a grade and how much it makes sense and would they do it, would they not do it. We'll kind of go back and forth. But as we're going through too, we want to hear your ideas. We'll grade those and talk about those as well as we're going through. So Sandy, I'll lead us off. I'll kind of go chalk here. And again, we might have some of the same players. Sure, yeah. So if we do, we can you can type yours in and we can throw it up too and kind of um, debate back and forth. This has been one that's been talked about for a long time now. So not really scaring anyone or not really surprising you with this one i think my next three though like second one's kind of been talked about recently but it's kind of a newer one and then two that not necessarily people are really looking at right now so the first one i want to throw out to everyone and throw out to sandy is a dylan cease trade good um, <laughs> again i don't really know if this is possible to pull off but it's kind of where i draw the line a little bit right now and i'll explain so in this scenario the cardinals getting dylan cease and they have to give up thomas to jc basically the Jordan Montgomery package plus Goran Graceffo and Alec Burleson. So if you're watching on YouTube, again, you can see it on the screen right now. If you're one of our audio listeners, I have the Cardinals receiving Dylan Cease for Thomas Ajaysi, Takoa Roby, Goran Graceffo, and Alec Burleson. Mm. Obviously, you're giving up two significant prospects in terms of Thomas Ajaysi and Takoa Roby. 
Yeah. Um, I could see the White Sox needing Tink Hentz instead of Takoa Roby here, but I decided to maybe barter him down a little bit and they give a more significant third piece in Gordon Graceffo here and fourth piece in Alec Burleson rather than kind of some lower end prospects. So for the White Sox here, they cash in on Dylan Cease and they get four different guys who could be major league contributors in the next two to three years. One of them will already be one in Alec Burleson. Thomas Ajaci should be at some point this year. Gordon Graceffo maybe, but pro- but more so in 2025 and same with Tico Um They're going to want pitching in return. They're not just going to want bats. So you yeah. get two arms. You also get two bats that I think could be really interesting. Alec Burleson could be a well above average league hitter uh, in his prime. Obviously, we've seen what Thomas J.C. could do this last year and is a really interesting bat. From the Cardinals' perspective, you don't have to give up Nolan Gorman. You don't have to give up Brendan Donovan. Yeah. And you trade from a surplus, I think, here. Obviously, you don't really like... I don't love the idea of giving up Thomas J.C., but at some point, you had to give up talent to get talent. I agree. position the Cardinals put themselves in. And then Takoa Roby and Gordon Graceffo, obviously, it's weird to trade pitching to get pitching, but like... Teams want pitching in return, so you're going to have to give up some arms, and I'm more comfortable giving up Roby and Graceffo when I'm getting Dylan Cease back. Would the White Sox do this? I'm not totally sure on that. It would. It's tough. I just think a lot of teams, they call the Cardinals, and whether the Cardinals are interested in it or not, they say, give me Donovan or Gorman. And it's, it's tough, right? When you have assets like they have, and I think the Mariners run into a similar problem with their young pitching. I don't think teams are willing to make deals with the Mariners unless one of those young arms is included. And I think it's the same way with the Cardinals. I just can't see a team giving us a big piece and not expecting Donovan or Gorman back. It's, yeah. it's so tough. And that's the problem you run into because as, the, as a Cardinals fan, you don't want to see either of those guys out the door. I think if you're going to move somebody or like, you know, acquire somebody without giving them up, you probably do have to include Sajazi and at least one, maybe two of the high ceiling pitching prospects. And so you've got that framework. Uh, it's a really interesting deal. I think I'd probably pull the trigger on that, which like I hate to say, because I, I would hate to see all that talent walk out, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah. If you've got a, I don't know if one of yours is cease or not, but if so, definitely throw that one out there next. But if not, if you want to go ahead and type it up and get it ready, we can move into yours next. But kind of where I started to talk myself into the idea that it could work out for them to go after cease without giving up Gorman or Donovan is kind of the fact that one, they're not as desperate as they used to be. So yeah. like last offseason, Oakland A's knew they were desperate for a catcher. So they asked for the moon. They overplayed their hand, so the Cardinals went to the get Contreras. The, the White Sox are not overplaying their hand, asking for Gorman or Donovan. So they're not. That's not necessarily totally fair to compare, but I do think it's it's a factor here. The other thing is, I don't really know what the that the market is for Dylan Cease, like the Dodgers. But at the same time, like I don't know for sure if they're going to pull the trigger in something like that because. They can't, I mean, they could spend a ton of money, but at some point they need to continue. Yeah. Like the reason they're able to sustain success is having some young players coming up and they have a treasure trove of them. So yes, they could do it. Are they going to do it? I'm not sure. I don't see the Braves being able to pull this off. The Reds and the Orioles have this, the ammunition to do it, but are either team going to do it? I don't really, I don't really think so. Um, so that's where I kind of think this could somewhat fall into the Cardinals lap of like, it's still a high price, but it's yeah. not the end all be all that we kind of thought going into it um and this also yeah. i think 
could potentially be a framework at the trade deadline. Um, because I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if the Cardinals don't make a trade for a starting pitcher before the season, if it ends up happening later in the season. Um, I think they can, um, that's why this is what I thought last year and it didn't work out, but I feel better about it this year. I think they can make it to the trade deadline with the staff they have, barring like a ton of injuries. And then they go out and get that guy. And by that point, Dylan sees his value is even lower because you're getting a season and a half of him, not two yeah. full seasons. So that's where I kind of think like that. I also, I didn't really say this at the beginning, but I purposely, there's only one deal I included Dorman or Donovan in. Um, I'm purposely not trading either of them because I kind of like I talked about my 10 bull predictions I posted um, today on the site, actually, for Redbird Rants. You can go check that out there. I just think we're by the trade deadline, we're going to have a much better idea of what this young core looks like. And so are other teams. Yes. And so I like as high as I am on Thomas to JC. What? We might not need him. Yeah. We might not need him because Donovan and Gorman might just totally ascend here. Yeah. But what if they trade Donovan and he's great and so JC isn't who we think he is? Yeah. Like there's just, and what if Dylan Carlson pops off? What if Victor Scott pops off? What if both of those guys don't yeah. pop off? What if Lars Newbar is incredible? What if he's not? There's a lot of what ifs with this team and you could play the game of let's sell high right now and maybe they don't work out for someone else, but you might as well might get bit in the butt with that. I think you, you make the deal if it makes sense right now, but if it doesn't, I'm not desperate to do it. So that's where I'm, especially for Dylan Cease, I'm not giving up Nolan Gormer, Brent Donovan as things currently stand. I don't know. Maybe the bidding got to the point and they were like, hey, we're about to trade to the Dodgers. Either give me Donovan or Gorman or it's not going to work out. Maybe I changed my opinion, but assuming he's not going to be moved right away, I'm pl- I'm kind of sitting back and saying those two are off the table. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you. I the, the thing, like I've seen a lot of people, Kevin just put that in the chat. He said, you know, quit with the we can't trade Donovan for a top flight pitcher. I understand the sentiment here, but the reason I'm so hesitant to trade Donovan or Gorman is because they're not prospects. They're proven major league hitters. Like we know Brandon Donovan is a good hitter at the big league level. He's done it twice now. He's had two really good seasons, two seasons where he's a guy that's flirting with like a 375 on base percentage against big league pitching. And he's young and he could get better and he's adding power. Like these are all things that are super encouraging and it's like, ah, he's already established. And Gorman just did it, and, and he was awesome. Like, everybody who watched Nolan Gorman last year knew he was special. And it's like, these guys, they're not just prospects anymore. They are proven big league hitters. They are professional hitters. And it's just really hard to part with that talent. Yep. And I um, just to add to that really quick, I'm kind of stealing my own thunder a little bit for one of my stories tomorrow, but I kind of looked at who should be the Cardinals' leadoff hitter next year. Brendan Donovan in 232 plate appearances last year, or sorry, in 206 plate appearances leading off against right-handed pitching last year had a 135 WRC plus. So good. And then he had, which would be the 13th best WRC plus in all of baseball. If you put that over an entire season. Um, And then I don't know if it's in here. Um, I'll find it later, but he was incredible um, from late May through July. Um, yeah, it's not in here, so I'll have to find it later. Um, I think he's like 135, about that same number again. Um, and I just think we're really underrating what Brandon Donovan is, and I think he's the perfect leadoff hitter for this team. I, Kevin, you make a good point. Victor Scott could be that perfect leadoff hitter too at some point, but I'm not in a rush to move Brandon Donovan. I might feel differently about that at the trade deadline but I, and, or next offseason, 
but I'm not letting the White Sox hold me over to the fire with it. And so Brendan Nam is not, he's not untouchable, but considering I also would have to give up other things with, yeah. like if it's Brendan Donovan for Dylan C straight up, probably do that. I, I, you kind of have to do that. I think yeah. you, but you only have two years of control of cease. You have four years or five years more of control of Donovan. Yep. I, I can't remember if you got, or I think it'd be four years more of control, which four. is a lot left-handed bat. He's progressing with power too. He plays all the positions. He's really good. Anywhere. He's really good player. Really good player. Yeah. So, and I also think he's kind of worth more to the team he's on than he is to the team he's being traded to. So, I think you kind of. Anyways, I'm. We can move on. We've beat that horse dead for a while. And I'm sure we'll talk more Donovan as we go. But yeah, there will definitely be more Donovan chatter. Um, but my first trade proposal, I'm going to send it in right here. I've been toying with this all day. Okay. It's it's tough. I've been moving some pieces around. It's it's pretty similar here in the sense that I'm looking to acquire a top flight starter and I don't want to give up Donovan and Gorman. So I'm moving some stuff around. Um, but here I've got the Cardinals going after Hazel Cesardo from Miami. Uh, and then Dane Myers is a depth center fielder. He reached the bigs last year. He's not very good. Um, but if they trade Tommy Edmond, they need somebody to be able to fill in at some point. Uh, before Scott comes up, I think Myers could do it for a month and it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but I think we'd be sending Tommy Edmond, Thomas Sejazi, Tink Hentz, and Sam Rebersa. And I think here, Sejazi is the type of hitter that Miami hasn't been able to develop in forever. I think that's very, very valuable to that franchise. And we've heard that there was a framework coming together um, for a Lizardo deal before with Pasquantino um, from the Royals. Yeah. And so if that was being talked about, I think that Sejazi is not where Pasquantino is because Pasquantino's done it at the big league level, but I think Sejazi's ceiling is every bit as high as his. And by adding so much high ceiling pitching, um, Tank Hentz, and then Reversa, who I think is underrated in the Cardinals system, he, there's a reason he's like a top seven prospect for us. There's a reason he was so highly regarded coming over from the Blue Jays. Um, he was a big, like he was a big get for the Cardinals. He's good. He's better than Klofenstein, I think, at least ceiling wise. Uh, he could easily be the three in a big league rotation at some point. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Uh, I think this is a trade the Cardinals would definitely pull the trigger on. I'm not sure Miami does it, which is why I'd totally be willing to say, okay, if not Edmund, Mason win. Um, but I think this is what you'd lead with. I think there's a chance that this could get it. Might not be enough though. Lizardo, like his his value, like a lot of other guys this offseason, has increased as the offseason's gone on. I feel like if you were talking yeah. about this in September, you know, people would have said, yeah, sure. Like, I'd do that. I think a lot of Marlins fans would have been interested. And yeah. just it's been Lizardo to the moon. I've heard people saying that he's a better pitcher than Logan Gilbert now, um, which I'm like, Gilbert's the type of guy that people say you have to throw Walker in to get him now. And so it's like, man, I, I kind of wonder. But I think this is something the Cardinals – um, would be able to put together at least. And like, if you have to upgrade to Mason Wayne, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I think uh, I'm there with you in terms of it's, it's, it, this is a painful package to give up, but I think it's worth it for the Cardinals. Yeah. I think it's good value for the Marlins, but I don't think it's what they need. So yeah. that's where I kind of go off on it. Whereas like Thomas and JC could be that a, a really helpful bat for them in the near future. But I think they're looking for certainty when it comes to that, and they're probably looking for power right now. And it's Gorman. It has to, like, yeah. they want Gorman. Miami yeah. calls, and they say, if we don't get Gorman, we're hanging up the phone. Yeah. So I think this is maybe where we talk about how much we value Luzardo, because I actually am in the camp that I would value Luzardo over Logan Gilbert right now. I just I, – my thing is I think I I – I'm more easily convinced that Jesus Cesardo is a guy who's going to be a Cy Young contender 
than I am Logan Gilbert. Like I think Logan Gilbert is like a really, really good number two. I agree. At his peak. I just don't see him as a as the guy. But like, Jesus Cesardo, I could. Floor. Logan Gilbert's floor yeah. is so high. I, I, true. I don't think there's a world in which Logan Gilbert is like not at least a mid-rotation arm, even in five years. Like I think there's a world in which Hazel Cesardo looks like Carlos Martinez. Where I'm not saying he has the off the field drama that Martinez has. I don't know any of that. But Hazel Cesardo, like, I don't know. He had so much trouble with Oakland when he first came up to the point where like Miami kind of got him for pennies on the dollar. Um, so I don't know. It's it's so tough. But the other thing is is like, is Lazardo this good or is it offseason hype? And and like I never want to fall into that trap where I think I think like the Dodgers fell into that trap with Yamamoto. Yamamoto's really good. But offseason hype made him go from a guy who we were talking about 180 to a guy where we're talking about 330. That's crazy. Yeah. And is Lazardo the same thing? I so I think I personally think the Lazardo thing is just people were kind of slow to the hype. I also think okay. too the other part of it is I think people were maybe like I, I remember hearing people say Lazardo, maybe not to this degree in terms of value, but then also immediately being like, well, Sandy Alcantara just got hurt. Yeah. And so like they can't trade Luzardo because he's their clear cut ace right now, even though Yuri Perez probably could fall into that too, but it's probably a little yeah, early. It's be really good. So I think that's kind of where the hesitancy hesitancy was. And then I've heard the chatter pick up after the Vinny Pascantino stuff yes. came out because it's like, okay, well they're actually willing to deal him. So like, let's think about it. Um, like yeah. you look at his ERA plus over the last two years, it was 124 two years ago, 125 this past year, and it's his FIP has been right around the, the same as his ERA. So it's not like his like it's yeah. unsustainable what he's doing. And you could probably argue that he's actually going to be getting better. 3.58 ERA, 209 strikeouts in 178 two that's, innings. That's the kicker. So he has crazy strikeouts. He's got the he's got the strikeout stuff, and Logan Gilbert doesn't. He's a very average yeah. strikeout guy, which yeah. I think people don't really think. Like I just, sometimes I. I think people think Logan Gilbert is an ace right now. He's and not. He's not. The reason he's going to cost so much in a trade is because of all the years of control. Jesus Rosardo also has an extra year of control compared to Dylan Cease. So yeah. that's where I like the three years of control. And again, Logan Gilbert has four years of control. So that's what also inflates his value a little bit. Yeah. We can keep talking yours. I will throw out my Luzardo trade. I did Nolan Gorman. Oh, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I honestly don't know if I do the trade. But this is what I think. I think this Miami is, says yes. This is for sure the line I draw. I don't know if I actually do it though. Yeah. Like, I think, and I uh, let me just explain. Nolan Gorman, I think we both agree, is Stop. the guy Miami would want. Yes. He, he's the profile. The Cardinals have Brendan Donovan. They have Thomas and JC. The more I've thought about how they're going to structure their lineup, Brendan Donovan should be the leadoff guy, and I think Lars and Newbark about third for you. So you're losing your six-hole hitter right now, probably. That's painful because your lineup could be elite with Nolan Gorman as your six holder. Really Again, maybe it's Lars Newbar, maybe it's Brent Dobbin. Okay, whatever. But I I really think Luzardo is going to pop off, and I think by this time next year, yeah. I, well, there's a, there's a chance. Obviously, I think Nolan Gorman's going to be great too. I think this time next year, people aren't going to think it would be crazy as crazy right now to give up Nolan Gorman. As people would say, well, that's if Nolan Gorman doesn't go out and hit 45 home runs next year. True. Which yeah. So he, he totally that, good. It's the difficulty of it because he also could have back issues or he also could just yeah. kind of be the same or he also could hit 30 home runs, but be a 222 30 hitter guy. And it's like, that's valuable, but like 
not an ace valuable. Yeah, yeah it's like, not insane. Yeah. So that's where it gets really tough. Now, this is where I kind of like the framework is that I don't think if you give up Nolan Gorman, you have to give up a ton more on top of him. And I then I also right. kind of think like, I love Zach Thompson. I think he would have a valuable role next year, but long-term, I don't think he's one of the guys they're hoping will be a rotation arm. Correct. And I think for Miami, then you also get back a capable rotation arm for this year, or at least rotation depth slash yeah. bullpen. And so I think it makes sense for them where you're kind of replacing, not you're not replacing the Zardo, but you're getting some of that big league depth back and then you're getting Nolan Gorman. Yeah. That's where I think this framework makes a lot of sense to me for yeah. both sides. Again, right now I say no. What the line is like, I I really. I don't think I push the line right now because I think maybe you could pull off Dylan Cease without having to do this. Yes, Um, but I'm actually I would right now I'm more willing to say yes to Nolan Gorman and Jesus Zardo because the extra year of control. Yeah, I am in Dylan Cease, so I'd much rather have Lizardo than Cease. Like if I got to choose, of course we saw Cease like still have great strikeout stuff and not prevent runs at an elite level last year, and like. If Dylan Cease was on the Cardinals last year, how much better would they really have been? I don't think they would have been that much better. A little bit better for sure. He would have given you a lot more certainty, a lot of innings. But like he was pretty similar to Kyle Gibson in terms of actual production last year. I'm not saying they're the same pitcher. He's much better than Kyle Gibson. I'm not pretending that I'd rather have Gibson. But in <laughs> terms of like how many innings first. they gave you, how many innings they gave you, and how many runs they actually allowed, it's pretty similar. Yeah. So again, for our audio listeners, uh, the my proposal here would have been Jesus Uzardo for the getting going to St. Louis and Miami getting Nolan Gorman and Zach Thompson in return. Again, I don't necessarily think I would do this deal right now. I'm probably like 55, 60% no, 35 or 45, 40% yes on it right now, kind of how I feel about it. Um, but again, if the Cardinals are gonna get someone of that caliber, it's gonna it's gonna cost. And Unfortunately, the White Sox are like the only team in baseball right now that is like a rebuilding team that has an ace to trade. Most of the other ones, they're going to want like ready now bats. Yeah. Like the Tigers aren't moving Scooble. Yeah. Like Scooble would be awesome, but But the Tigers aren't doing that. Yeah. And they might not even need anything that we have besides Gorman. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if you have another trade cooked up yet already. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm staying in Miami actually. Oh. Um, I know Miami just has so many interesting young starters. And so my next trade, I'm, I'm moving Tommy Edmond and I'm moving Sem Rebersa and I'm seeing if I can bring in Max Meyer. Okay. Um, Max Meyer is a guy who like, I'm still sky high on. I don't know how the rest of the league feels about him though. He's had some really scary injuries. He was out for most of the season, made his debut. It wasn't great. Got hurt almost instantly long injury track record. And at this point, I don't know how the Marlins view him. I don't think they think he's going to have a rotation spot next year. Like yeah. I, I think to the Marlins, he's a guy where it's like, it, it's like the Cardinals thought about Tyler O'Neill this year where it's like, okay, if he's really good, that's great. That's what we need. But how much longer does the Max Meyer experience last before we're done? Um, and so I think that could be a really interesting trade. Yeah. I'll type that out. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Uh, so, so say that, say the pieces again for me. I'm, yeah. I'm just processing. Um, I've got St. Louis receives Max Meyer, Miami receives Tommy Edmond and Sem Rebersa. Hmm. Man, that's interesting. I think was- like like I'm tempted to go higher ceiling pitching arm or like a better pitching arm, but it's like honestly, 
Myers floor is nothing. So I wonder, do the Marlins, can they get more? Like, I don't think they can command a Gordon Graceffo because there's a chance Meyer never pitches. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I actually, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just processing right now how, how I feel about it. I think, like you said, the ceiling's there, but there like is a non-existent floor, as in like it's an abyss that he could fall into. Yeah. I um maybe you I could just, add another like Trevor Rogers or something because I think Miami would move him too for Tommy Edmond. It's tough. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I I just don't think I would give up Edmond in this deal if I'm the Cardinals. Um, I guess hmm. It's, it's with the uncertainty, especially about with Win, even though I think we all agree he's going to be like a capable starting shortstop this next year, but like there's a chance he needs to sit a little bit. Or if an injury happens, you just don't have shortstop depth right now. I mean, yeah. CJC could be that, but also defensively, probably not the guy you want there. And Edmund right now is the center fielder, even though I feel like Victor Scott can take that. And I could also see Dylan Carlson doing that. Yeah. Um, I just think you could probably get more certainty for Edmund here. And it's maybe not quite the ceiling of Max Meyer, um, yeah. but maybe below it with a lot more certain, at least a lot higher of a floor. Um, I don't know. It just scares so me. At the minor league level. Like his minor league stuff, he missed all of last year. But in 2022, oh man, in 2021, he had over 100 innings, a 241 ERA. In 2022, uh, before his injury, which knocked him out for the rest of the year and last year at AAA, he still had 60 innings, sub-4 ERA, yeah. uh, really, really good numbers. His peripherals are great. He's basically never registered anything below um, 10 to 11 strikeouts per nine. Oh, man. Like his entire career, including college, 10.8 strikeouts per nine. Like that's that's elite strikeout stuff. He has that heater that gets up near 100. It's very tantalizing. Yeah, I, I see – Hmm. I like it a lot. I I like, like, I like the idea of getting Meyer a lot. I guess I just, maybe right now, I don't love the idea of giving up that stuff. But like, again, if spring training, again, this, the tough part about this, if you don't do it now, it probably doesn't happen until July. Yeah. Who knows what happened in July either. Yeah. So, and by the time July rolls around it, this deal probably can't happen either way. Cause it's either he, his health didn't show up and now there's no way you trade for this for him or, He's dominant again. There's no way the Marlins take this for him. So you kind of do it now or you don't do it. Um, I wouldn't hate it right now. I just don't, I don't think it's necessarily the deal I would do because I think there's other things they could do instead of that that I would like better. Um, I, I like the thinking though. I kind of like the, because I was trying to, and I, I ended up going some different routes, going for a high, another high ceiling close to MLB ready arm that maybe wouldn't cost as much because you just don't have the certainty about what they're going to be, um, but they could pop off and be really good. So I like the thinking on that. Yeah. And, and one more thing um, I, I was reading earlier and it said that he and Trevor Rogers are both on track to be full participants in everything re- relating to spring training. So they should be okay. ready. He says he's healthy. The Marlins say he's healthy. Uh, but until your own team gets their doctors, you, you have no idea what's going on anyway. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, again, definitely not a game changer, but he will be 25 soon. Like he'll be yeah. 25 before the season starts. So he's not young, young anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So I could see the Marlins doing this for sure. Um, I just, I don't know if it's the one I would do. Maybe if like all these other things couldn't work out and it's like, Hey, 
do you want to come into sprint yeah. chain with Meyer or not? Then I think I'm more open to it, but I think I'd rather explore other routes. And I, I feel like you probably feel the same on that. But. I agree. Yeah. I want an established starter so bad. <laughs> True that. Well, we've got, we've got a couple questions about other stuff. We'll get to those soon. We'll roll, we'll roll through the rest of ours. I know Sandy and I both have, it sounds like Sandy and I both have something for this. I'll throw out my version of the deal first and then Sandy can, I'm going to go to the bullpen route here based on somewhat. Is this the same deal? No, it's like really close. So I also used 8 million. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So if you haven't been keeping up with the Red Sox after Chris life after Chris sale, it sounds like they want to continue to move off of money to yeah. be able to add other salaries. So they're not trying to like tank. They just want to move salary off the books so they can go sign other guys instead. Kenley Jansen's a guy. Chris Martin's also been rumored out there, but I yeah. I don't know. It feels like they'd want they'd rather hold on to him than Jansen. So I put out here. And I, I had a really hard time figuring out what is the player Boston would want in return, but then I kind of just landed on Richie Palacios because of the team control. So that's like, yeah. at the very least for them, it's like a utility guy who outfielder slash second baseman off the bench who they don't have to pay anything to for a long time. Um, so that's kind of where I landed on Palacios. I could see one of those AAA arms. I could see um, Andre Palante was someone I kind of messed with for a yeah. little bit, um, something like that. But then... They eat $8 million of Kenley Jansen's salary. So the Cardinals get Kenley Jansen for one year, $8 million. That's below probably what he'd get on the open market right now. So it's kind of like a, a deal for them. And then they deal Richie Palacios, who I like. But I don't think any of us... I don't, it's way too... It's what I would have said about Large Newbar, though, unfortunately. And I, that didn't age well on my end. When he first came up, I was like, yeah. all right, like, let's not act like yeah. he's the starting center fielder now. But okay, that would have been a good take back then. Um I don't think that's going to have a Palacios. I don't think he's going to be the next Lars Newbar. I do think he could be a very, like, not quite a third outfield, not quite a starting outfielder, but maybe a little bit better than your fourth outfielder. So he's like kind of an in-betweener type, type guy. I really like him. But you've got so much position player depth. I just don't really see how he carves out a regular role. You definitely want him on your bench through the Cardinals. You don't need to move him. But if you can get Jansen for him, I really like the idea of it. So Palacios, you get $8 million in return. You get Kenley Jansen. You only pay him $8 million. Um, oh, I spelled his name wrong, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> Kenley Jansen, not just Justin. Um, Jasnin, Jasnin, what a guy. Um, and then you've got Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, and Kenley Jansen for the right side backer bullpen. You got Jojo Romero for the left side, and then one of John King, Zach Thompson, something like that. I really like how the bullpen looks, and then you also get experience back there too. So Kenley Jansen obviously is not the prime Kenley Jansen anymore. His second half wasn't necessarily the best of the Red Sox but they also kind of were falling apart. So I don't know how much I would take stock in that. I really like the idea of Jansen and the Cardinals and it seems like something they would want to jump into. So um, yeah, thoughts on Jansen and I'll, I'll go and throw your deal on there while you're giving your thoughts. But... I tweaked mine a little bit so that I okay. was also using $8 million. I was thinking like <laughs> you could use 8 million. No, you I, I was also looking at, you know, like a, like a bullpen type of arm. I was thinking, I don't want to move on from Romero, but I think Palante is a really interesting name. He definitely came up. Um, but I've decided I'll do Burleson instead. I think he's a better player, at least in the eyes of the league. Um, he yeah. has a couple of tools that Palacios doesn't have. He has power. And again, he hits for contact. And if you can tap into that, um, that's that's pretty elite. So I think Boston could be really interested in that. And then I just love Nick Dunn. So I want him to get a fair shot somewhere else because he's never going to play in St. Louis, which is really sad. Um, and I figured Boston would be willing to give up a little more money to acquire Burleson um, because I think he's a better hitter than Palacios, and I think that's what moves the money. Um, so I said 12, but I don't know. I think 
they, they're going to move on from Jansen. Hopefully it's soon. And hopefully the Cardinals are interested. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I play with Alec Burleson for a little bit too. And then I kind of landed on, like, it just feels like he's a little too valuable for Canley Jansen. I agree. Um, but if you're getting 12 million, that exactly. probably moves the needle. And yeah. so I, I like that idea a lot. Um, also, I just realized that I made it look like the Cardinals are paying Boston eight million, which <laughs> no. is that would be horrible. Be so yeah, that's not happening. The Red One Sox would be paying million. eight million of Kenley Jansen's yeah. contract. <laughs> so I amended that in the chat. If you saw that, we're like, what? That's funny. Um, so yeah, I think the Jansen thing makes a lot of sense. Um, I, don't, I I also wouldn't hate Alec Burleson in the deal, and especially like you how you structured it. Um, I could see a lot of legs to something like that. Um, I don't know. Is there like? Is there any other really? Do you have any other reliever traits? Um, I mean, I, I played with some, obviously, but okay. nothing crazy. Like, I, there's a ton of frameworks out there. Um, you could go with a bunch of different routes. You go to package like a class A deal together. That's yeah. Really tough. I, I don't think the Cardinals can get that done. I think just like everybody else with a valuable piece, they come to the Cardinals and they say it's Gorman or Donovan or no deal. So yeah, I think it's a non-starter. Agreed. Um, do you outside of like because I. I if the Cardinals were a little bit more like they have their other starting pitcher right now, and you felt like you felt like they were a dominant bullpen away from being a contender, I might talk myself into overpaying or giving a really a lot of a lot of value for a Class A. Um, but I think right now, unless it's like a a deal like that where you get um, Kenley Jansen kind of on the cheap because they're trying to eat money. I don't really think I'm looking to trade for a bullpen arm at this point. I think that's kind of what the Tyler O'Neill trade took care of. And I think at this point you use money to go get that bullpen arm. Yeah. Because if you're not going to be trade, if you're not going to be signing a starting pitcher, then the money, that extra money should be used toward the bullpen and they should be looking for those cost controlled arms via trade. Absolutely. I don't really like the idea of like losing assets for a reliever and yeah. then making it harder to trade for a starter because you feel like you don't have a lot of assets left over. Yeah. So. I kind of, yeah, kind of land on that. Um, I'm going to. So, do we feel like? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put one more. I've got uh, one more as well. It's a okay. little weirder than the other ones. This one's super weird too, and I don't think anyone said something like this. And I really don't think it's possible, but I'm going to try and talk about how it could happen. The Cardinals get, oh, come on, send. The Cardinals get Shane McClanahan from oh, the Tampa Bay God. Rays. And the Rays get Tink Hentz, Thomas Ajaycee, Alec Burleson, and Zach Thompson. I mean, I'm saying yes to that. So here's why I think it could make sense. Shane McClanahan is, McClanahan is four years of control right now. He's going to miss all 2024. That means he comes into 2025 off of elbow surgery, looking to reestablish himself. You think he's probably going to be an ace again, but who knows for sure. Yeah. And the Rays, we know they don't like to spend money, and they're going to be paying five, basically $5 million for him to do nothing next year. And then his contract's going to go up again for the next year, and then he's only got two years of control after that. Do I think this would get it done? I'm not quite sure because I think if the Dodgers knew he was available – they would overbid this knowing that they can wait on him too. I think this could be an opportunity that it's like you go after an elite talent and you take a little bit of risk here and you give up prospects 
and a couple guys who could make a difference right now, but maybe wouldn't necessarily be a huge loss for you, but could be Tampa Bay's gang. Yeah. And you get, you sit, you eat the 5 million from Shane McClanahan this year, and you hope he's ready for 2025. And if he's not full self, then you at least hope in 2026 and 2027, he's his full self. I, and here, which are the two most significant pieces you're giving up here are two guys that probably aren't going to make a difference in the near future. Like Thomas Idris, could, but again, you've got redundancy with Brendan Donovan, Noel Gorman, all that kind of stuff. Tink Hence, you're not really expecting to make a difference till 2025, 2026. So you're not like losing him right now. He wasn't going to do anything for you this year. And then yeah. if you're the Rays, you're getting six, 12, 17, 23 years of control between the four year, four guys for Shane McClanahan. It's pretty good. Um, so I think there's that. And then Tyler Glass now talked about it recently. He said, like, and other people were in about this too. So it's not, it's, it's not a secret, but then it's it's interesting when a raised pitcher comes out and says it. He's like, once we're two or three years removed from free agency, we're gonna get traded. That's just how the Rays operate their pitching. And yeah. in one year, when Shane McClanahan comes back from injury, he will be three years away from free agency. Obviously, this is I th- this is not ideal value for what the Rays probably hoped for in their mind when they're thinking long-term about this rotation, yeah. probably hope they could get more for Shane McClanahan in return, but he did have the elbow sur- injury. They can't control that. Same thing in Tyler Glass now. Like They probably hope they could have gotten a King's Ransom for him at some point, but then he got he kept getting injured. So I think this is a po- this is something when, again, Alec Burleson can, to make, can make an impact for the Rays this year. Zach Thompson can help with their pitching because they have so many guys hurt. And then, man, you give Tinkens to the Rays to mess with. <laughs> he could be a stud. Thomas and JC could even make an impact for them this year. So off the wall trade. I know it doesn't help the Cardinals this year, but I think it's just too good of a player not to go after if he's available. What do you think? I love it. I mean, if, if Shane McClanahan was available at all, absolutely. Like I'm pulling the trigger. I think he might have the best stuff of anybody in the game right now. Yeah. He is unreal um i love watching him pitch it like i i'm never going to compare anyone to prime jacob de because he's yeah. the best pitcher i think i've ever watched with my own two eyes but mcclanahan is very very dominant he's every bit as dominant at his best i thought he was for sure going to win the cy young award before he went down he's special yeah. and if that's a guy you can get on the cardinals absolutely and if it doesn't cost you nolan gorman and brendan donovan like yeah i'm doing that in a heartbeat there's no chance i'm not doing that um, I absolutely love the deal. I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Again, I'm, I struggle to know how much the Rays would be interested, but then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I, I don't know how they can ask for Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan right now because no, they can't, you, you just, he's not pitching this year. And then even though you think he's going to be back to himself in 2025, yeah. you don't know that for sure. And if he's, even if you can guarantee he's going to be back to himself in 2026, 2027, then it's only two years of control left and he's getting paid. 15 to 20 million at that point in arbitration. So I just think like, I, I don't know. I think it can make a lot of sense here. Um, and then I also, I just think like the Rays have so many different guys. They're thinking about moving right now that it kind of seems like they're trying to like turn the table on this old core into a new core. And you could see in 2025, 2026, Tink Hens being toward the top of their rotation, Thomas and JC being one of their yeah. best hitters, Alec Burleson being a very important piece, and Zach Thompson being a very important piece. So I think it makes a lot of sense for the Rays to just get so much in return for him right now. And outside of like the Dodgers, 
I don't really know. Maybe the Orioles or Reds would be interested in this. I don't really know what teams would be willing to give up a lot for McClanahan right now because he can't do anything for them this year. Yeah. And I don't know if the Cardinals would actually want to do that either. But if I'm the Cardinals and Shane Mc, there's any chance to get Shane McClanahan, even if it's a year delayed, I'm in. And especially in this yeah. kind of package where I'm not really giving up like people who are directly impacting my winning right now. Yeah, I don't I think like the Cardinals, if they don't have these guys, it probably hurts to not have Sajazi coming off the bench later this year. It probably hurts not have Thompson in the bullpen. You can go sign a left-handed reliever and you can go sign a bench bat. And he's yeah. probably not going to be Sajazi, and he definitely doesn't have the promise of Sajazi, but that's okay because if McClanahan's in the fold for 2025, I'm very, very excited. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of off the walls, kind of crazy. I know I I'm pulling the trigger. I'd, yeah. I'd do it. I would I'd too. Heartbeat. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm a little bit scared about the Tink Hence thing. And I'm a little bit scared about Thomas to JC cause but I shame McLean there's yeah. no way that I, yeah. I can't not do that. So yeah. anyways, I don't know if I don't think John Mazek watches this, but if you are, I just gave you a little idea to throw at the Rays. Maybe they haven't thought of it yet. So, um, do, do you, are you ready for your three teamer? Not to yeah, your yeah, this at all. Is it. I've, I've got a so, three-team deal coming in. It's a little wild. This is, this I was is wild this for a while. Okay. So here's where I'm gonna throw this out there. And again, if you guys have trade ideas or even just want to be like, hey, what would you give up for this player? Throw them in the chat because we'll move into that here soon. But Sandy's got one more for you, and it's three-teamer, which I I think like I don't think is in hasn't it's happened in baseball before. I can't think yeah, of the last three-team three three deal. Teams are like all over. Oh. The Mookie Betts trade was a three-team deal. Um, True. And wasn't yeah. the Edwin Jackson a three-team deal when the Cardinals yeah. got him? Yeah. Yeah. Three so it doesn't happen very often, There's but it happens. four teams every once in a while. Those are really so, rare, though. Yeah. Okay, so, so here we go. Um, I've got – okay, it's a little confusing. I'm going to try to explain it. It's going to be really tough for audio listeners, but bear <laughs> with me. Yeah. So St. Louis is getting Alec Manoa and Clayton Beater. Manoa, okay. obviously, his value is low right now. And Beater is a prospect in the Yankees system that I really like. He hasn't gotten a ton of attention because guys um, like Drew Thorpe have kind of been sucking all of it up. I think yeah. he's really good. He's not a top 100 prospect. He's probably like a four at his best. Yeah. But he's a really good four, and it would allow you to make other moves that I've talked about, like moving on from Reversa. Okay, so Toronto is getting Sean Boyle. He's a pitcher at the bottom of New York's farm system. He's probably going to be a five. He's very similar to Clark Schmidt in terms of ceiling. Um, I don't hate him. I don't love him. He's kind of boring. Richie Palacios is also going to Toronto. Uh, they need a little bit of outfield help. They really struggled after losing to Oscar Hernandez. I'm not sure how much he actually helps them, but he's an interesting spark pluggy player. And then Zach Thompson is somebody who like, if at the end of the year, we're saying that Thompson had a better season than Manoa. I don't think anyone's shocked. Uh, New York is getting that outfield help that they still need. And Dylan Carlson, I know that they've patched it up, uh, but I really do think they could use a little bit more out there. Yeah. Um, they, they can always use the help. Stan misses a lot of games. So it's true. Exactly. You can't rely on him. Uh, and then Luke and Baker, he's very similar to the Luke Voigt trade that New York made. And that worked out really well for them, at least in the short yeah. term. I could totally see them taking a chance on a guy who hits nukes, especially with the short porch. Um, so just the Cardinals perspective here, you're trading away Palacios, Thompson, Carlson, and Baker, and you're bringing in two pitchers that I think could be really good. Manoa and beater. And I think beater ceiling is probably closer to a three than a four. Um, so he, at some point could be a very good mid rotation arm. Like if he's Steven Matz, nothing to complain about. That'd be a great ad. So I think the Cardinals could do this. I think most of these teams would be interesting. Yeah. To leaks, right. Uh, the Contreras trade was a three team deal, yeah. which was mm -hmm. ridiculous because the Brewers just got him for free. The Braves just gave so him. Brewers. It was so stupid. So dumb.
Um, but I think, yeah, I think this is something that could work. Maybe New York would want a little more for Beater, but honestly, I don't think so. I think Carlson is worth enough. If anyone feels shorthanded, it's probably Toronto. But what is Manoa worth? He got shelled in the FCL last year, and I don't yeah. think he wants to be there anymore. I don't think he likes Toronto right now. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. Uh, before, maybe actually, no, I'll ask you as we get into it. I think from Toronto's perspective, it's kind of like there's probably more to lose here than there is to gain training yeah, Manoa sure. because it's like, I mean, I, I really, well, okay, I'm going to have to ask it kind of and we can answer it. I, I, I really like Zach Thompson and I'm interested in what we both think his ceiling is. Yeah. Um, But it's lower than Manoa's ceiling. Absolutely. But his floor is much higher. Yes. Um, But in Palacios, six years of control. So I don't know, maybe that's something that's interesting. But I think if, I mean, Manoa comes off, even if he's a number three type starter with a lot of control, that's a lot to give up. That's painful to give up. Um, Like looking back, if they I look agree. back at this. Um. But how much but, does he want to be in Toronto? Like true. the stuff last year was bad. He just left, like yeah. disappeared in the middle of the season. Edwin Munoz or uh, Yairo Munoz style. Like you can't true. do that. And most people would understand they trade him. So it's not like it's like, what are you doing? Why did you just trade Alec Manoa? It's like, oh, okay. And then retroactively, like, yep, sometimes these deals don't work out. So change of scenery. Yeah. It's probably not going to work out for him in Bo- in Toronto. It could work out for him somewhere else. So, I um, I like it. Um. Maybe they'd ask for a more maybe like Burleson or something. I've seen a lot of Burleson for Manoa framework too. Yeah, I actually think that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's one that I think then I, I almost start to say the Cardinals have more to lose there because there's certainty yeah. without Burleson's bat. But again, they have such a surplus that it's kind of you got. I just feel like you got to do it at this point. Um, so I, I like that framework. But again, looking at all this, I love the idea of getting Clayton Beater. Um, I. Th- I just he's just got really good stuff, and so it's like, yeah, he kind of like Takoa Rowe. He's probably less. I don't know. I think people would value him less than Takoa Roby, but it's in that kind of vein where most people probably don't think he's gonna be a one-two at least talent evaluators, but he's yeah. gonna be like a a really good three with a lot of good strikeout stuff. So that's fun to watch. I think Beater ceiling could bat, or he could be a really good bullpen arm. So that's a really good get for yeah. the Cardinals. Um, I would say it's like this: Gordon Graceffo is to Tink Hence as Clayton Beater is to Takoa Roby, right? Where it's like similar type of arm, um, slightly lower ceiling, maybe a higher floor though, because of the injury stuff. So yeah. And Peter had crazy strikeout stuff. So really good. I, I really like the framework here. Um, something that just a side note, and it's a, maybe an opportunity here for us to uh, plug our discord, which if you don't know about that already, someone in our discord, just remind, just want to make sure we all remember that, the Blue Jays brought back Kevin Kiermeyer, so maybe they wouldn't be interested in mm-hmm. Richie Palacios, but I still think True. they would want. I still think Palacios would make sense off the bench there. If you're interested in being our Discord, Sandy, myself, and Andrew talk with uh, our our members all the time in there. Um, so you can on the I'll throw the pinned message, or actually it's already pinned in the comments on YouTube. If you want to join our membership program, it's a dollar a month just to be in the Discord and some other perks as well. You get priority in our uh, live stream chats as well. Um, but then there's other tiers as well that revolve around us writing a story on Redbird Rants, doing a breakdown on whatever you want for us on there. Yeah. We do member-only streams. We're going to stream Cardinal games next year and watch it with people once a month. So there's a bunch of different things. You can look at all the perks on that there. But if you want to join, you can uh, click the link on the pinned message in, our, in the in the chat. Um, and it's a way to join our membership program. It's really awesome. But we yeah. love our, our members, and there's some really awesome stuff going on. And we just are consistently oh, yeah. continuing the conversation in there. So you don't have to wait for another live stream. You don't have to wait for another video. 
and you can interact with us directly. So yeah, it's uh, super awesome. fun. One more thing to add real quick to something I love about it. We're building out infrastructure that doesn't exist right now um, for cards fans to come together and just talk. Uh, it's really cool. I love when members that, you know, aren't me and Josh and Andrew uh, come together to chat about trade proposals and stuff like this is a great way for Cardinals fans to get together. Um, and so that's something that's really cool. I'm really excited about it. And the more people that are in there, honestly, the more valuable it becomes. If there's a hundred people in there, it's worth way more than a dollar a month. Um, if there's just constant chatter and that's something that's really exciting. Yeah. And we've already got a growing group in there, so it's fun so far, but we're hoping it grows. And like you said, it's like sure Twitter and Facebook and YouTube comments can kind of do that, but it's not, it's not the same as messaging back and forth. And we have different channels and different group type yeah. things. So there's a lot more there and there's more of a buy and you've got like, you're not just getting the reign of trolls in there necessarily. You're getting people who are having well thought out conversations about things, which is what I enjoy when, if you hop on a Twitter thread, sure. There's some people who great to talk to you and others. It's just like, what I don't doing? know what's happening. Yeah. Here. So, um, that's another reason if you want more information about that message us, but otherwise you can check out the information there. Um, if you're in our discord and you're listening right now, maybe give a, Hey, and maybe tell people why you joined because it's a really awesome thing. So, um, yeah, other than that, um, I, if you guys have trades you want to throw out there, we'll, we'll take some, um, one comment I did see, um, actually, I want to cover something. Are we 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 preemptively let our know, our Discord people know about things we're going to be talking about? So if you're listening to audio right now, um, if you can't see the pinned chat because you're not watching live, you can go, or you're watching this later, um, you can go to our YouTube channel. Usually, you need to do the browser version of it, and you can click on the membership program. Um, but someone asked about, can we talk about the Cardinals pitching development? Um, and can we talk about what needs to happen with all that going forward? We are going to, I think we're going to kind of save that for next week because we're going to have Kareem on who many of you oh, know yeah. from Twitter it's who talks so about Cardinals good. prospect <laughs> and he's just awesome at what he does. Um, sometimes he's in the live stream chat. So you, you might be able to chat with him on that. Um, but I just, yeah, anyways, I think he'll have more to say on what, what the changes need to look like. And he'll be able to talk about what Cardinal prospects right now are maybe embodying that changes and how they're doing as a whole with that right now. Um, but yeah, so we'll save that for next week. I can't remember who said in the Discord, but that was a great thought, and that's something we're going to talk more about. Um, so a couple, I'm just looking in the chat right now about things people said about. So someone asked about what would it take for Bieber, what would you give up for Bieber, um, and then Cy put out Michael McGree, the Algborough, St. Pete Hansen for Shane Bieber. He said it's two pitchers that Cleveland can develop and an unpolished bat with Burleson. I think that's probably too much right now, frankly. I'm pretty high on McGreevy compared to most people. I think he's just really Hudson 2.0. Um, hmm. I put an article out the other day at Redbird Rants. I think like McGreevy is super similar to Hudson, except he doesn't walk anybody, which is Hudson's biggest problem. Um, so you have Dakota Hudson, who's a guy who like when he was main, when he was controlling his walks, keeping him under four per nine, he was pretty good. Like if you look at yeah. Dakota Hudson and he had a great defense behind him, but like he has a sub four ERA for his career. That's kind of insane. You know, um, it's pretty surprising for most people who dog on him a lot. And I think yeah. McGreevy can be that guy too. And McGreevy's a guy who it's not always going to look pretty. Um, but he doesn't walk anybody and he's going to get results. And he has slightly better strikeout stuff than Hudson. His slider is better than any of Hudson's secondary offerings. Um, I think there's a world in which he's a really good four, especially if he adds a tick or two to his fastball, he could be really decent. Hmm. Yeah. I think like when it comes to Dakota Hudson, you look back and you look at his FIP year to year, it's like, Oh, it's 3.86, 4.93, 4.50, 2.48 in 2021, but that, oh, that was eight, eight innings. So not really 
uh, 4.34 and then 5.06. Like all the underlying metrics continue to say his success is not sustainable. Um, like, so I think, I, yeah, he kept doing it. I just think it started to like stop working and people started yeah. figuring him out and they would take the walks and they'd yeah. mash on his, his sinker and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not as high. I'm a groovy as you, I think at best he's a five. And if he works out to be a five, then you're excited about it. And maybe he's a ground ball pitcher out of the bullpen at this point. Um, I just don't, I just don't see the ceiling with him. Um, and, but again, maybe he changed and he's got plenty of time to change some things up and develop more. Um, so I guess I don't, I think this makes sense on paper. I think it's like we talked, I said earlier, some of the other deals, I might do it if there's nothing else available to me. Um, but I, I don't think I'm really excited to pull the trigger about that. It's like, not that I'm, I don't feel necessarily, I'm not like scared about giving up Alec Burleson and my, Michael McGreevy. Alec Burleson, I kind of am. Yeah. Um, okay, I think Burleson he's going to be very productive. A better pitcher too, I think. Yeah. I think you could package him with other stuff for something better, which is also part of the reason I don't want to do it because maybe you could get, Again, see Cesardo, someone like that, Slater. And he can't be the centerpiece, but he could be the third or fourth piece that you need. And now you don't have him to throw into that deal. Yeah. So, I again, if, if you're a person that thinks Bieber is going to bounce back next year, this deal makes a lot of sense. I'm not necessarily in that camp. I don't think it's, I think it could happen, but I'm not banking on it. So, I'm not a huge on this, but I want to hate it. I want to hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't like be screaming at the top of my lungs that it was a terrible deal if the Cardinals made it. And I'd be excited to see Shane Bieber pitch, of course. Yeah. He's a big name, and he's a guy that's won a Cy Young before. And at one point, I really would have said he's a top three pitcher in baseball. He was awesome. Um, and he had a couple really, really good seasons. But he just isn't the same, and I think everyone knows that right now. Um, and then the contract. The contract's the scary part for me. Do you want to take on like $14 million for Shane Bieber right now? Yeah. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, Tilly, I'm about to get to your question because it's really interesting. But Steve makes a Steve Wright makes a good point. So for our listeners, uh, there is Dakota Hudson before it's Tommy true. John, and there's Dakota Hudson after Tommy John. That's true. true. Like um he so, lost the tick on his fastball. He got a lot yeah. worse. He loses so, any velocity and he can't sneak it past anybody. Yeah. And it's over. So I think there's that's a that's a fair point. So maybe McGree like McGreevy doesn't have an, an el- major elbow surgery. Maybe he has a little bit better of a cardinal career than dakota hudson could have i just think like also there's a ton of cardinals pitching that i would also that would take over mcgreevy right now I like that roby hence jerpy even offensting reverse yeah rocket rocket um adele yeah uh, I, I feel like i missed someone bit i don't know if i said grisefo yeah uh, there's a lot Hans, of good names was... but the problem about all of those guys is none of them are ready right now and i think mcgreevy could pitch right now yeah i think my counter would then be well, I've got Zach Thompson and my, my Matthew Libertor right now. And if I have to go down to Michael McGreevy, then I think things went really awry this year. So I don't know. I see all sides of it. I'm not, I'm not, whole, I don't think any of us are holding on McGreevy the a close. Cl- yeah, no, fist. not at all. Not and at I'm all. not wanting to hand him over for nothing, but I'm also not really yeah. scared to give him up at all. So I feel that. Um, Talik, that's a really interesting question. How would you guys feel if the Cardinals got William Contreras last offseason instead of Wilson? Uh, we, Sandy, I mean, my quick thoughts are if they got him for, with the Brewers gave up, Nothing. then I'm all in, obviously. Yeah. But assuming the Braves would have wanted a lot more, I, I'm still, well, I feel like I've kind of wavered on Wilson Contreras at, at times, but um, I've mostly been all in on it. And I'm still, right now, I'm all in on it. 
Um, and you've got Ivan Herrera long-term too. So I'm not mad they didn't get William Contreras because I just don't think there's any shot they got him for the value that the Brewers did because that would have required you trading with the A's directly, or not the A's, the Braves directly. Maybe a three-team deal works out, but I don't think they're giving the Cardinals William Contreras. I just don't think they were going to do that, um, at least for the value they got in return. I mean, so. to be fair, they're basically the same exact player offensively. Yeah, so but not, William Contreras uh, is really good defensively. Yeah, right he's now. a lot better defensively. So it's crazy, and obviously the contract is a lot cheaper right now. So there's that pro where you're not paying yes. Wilson Contreras eighteen and a half million dollars right now if you have William Contreras. So yeah, I it's like it was a master class by the Brewers when they got him so in the moment. No, it was, it was ridiculous. really ridiculous. It yeah. was it was all it was the A's being ridiculous. I'm still mad about this. The fact that the A's call the Cardinals and they demand Lars Newbar and Brendan Donovan for Sean Murphy. And then they go to the Braves and they literally take nothing. Estre yeah. Ruiz was the like the big part of that deal. No, no, that makes zero sense. You're, you're talking to the Cardinals and you're asking for guys with like established power tools, established on base tools. And then you go and you take a guy who's fast. I just, I will never understand it. It was ridiculous. It was, it was the peak of terrible negotiating. And, and I'll shout it from the rooftops forever. The A's screwed up. And the Braves and Brewers got to reap the benefits. And all of a sudden, the Braves were sitting there, and they didn't need Contreras, and they just kind of dumped him on the Brewers. And, yeah, he's really, really good. It, it really stinks. Um, it's honestly ridiculous that that was even able to happen. So this, yeah. this makes me so mad when I think about it. Yeah. I Again, to like, I wish it would have happened for the Cardinals, but it didn't. Like, it, just, it wasn't going to happen. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm thinking going back. If the A's can get Sean or the Braves can get Sean Murphy, maybe they don't care if the Cardinals get William Contreras. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if Alex Anthopoulos would have wanted that to happen. Um, so, anyways, that's it's an interesting thing. Um, but yeah. I don't think there's really many other trades in the chat right now. So I think we can start to wrap this up a little bit. So those are some of our trade ideas that we had. Oh, I had, oh, one, yeah. I had one earlier. Someone put this out on Twitter. Okay. Um, what was, I think it was Negro. I think, um, Okay. I don't, I don't remember the exact Twitter handle, um, but he said he was interested in a class a deal where he was moving Helsley. I believe the exact framework hmm. was Helsley, um, Klofenstein and Cho. For class A. Okay. Uh, the consensus in the thread was something along the lines of that's a deal that neither team takes. Yeah. Which means it's probably a pretty good deal. Um, huh. I was interested. I think, I think if you're the Cardinals, though, if you're moving on from Helsley to get another reliever, it's kind of a lateral move. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just don't know if you give up Cho with the high ceiling, but also the extra control that you get from yeah. class A. And I think class A is more durable than Ryan Helsley. So maybe yeah. it's still an upgrade. You can live without Klofenstein for sure. You probably can live without Cho, but can Cleveland live without a guy like Cho? They really need some high ceiling position player talent. I thought it was a really interesting deal. I thought it was a really good one. Yeah. I think like the main win, I think for me is the long-term value yeah. because you're getting, I don't know how many more extra years you're getting, but it's probably at least two years extra of control. If you have class A versus because our position is locked. Yeah. In. So I, I see that, but I again I just and and losing you said coughing saying Cho. Yeah. And I I mean, Cho is one of those guys I think like could shoot up the Cardinals prospect board this next yeah, year. Absolutely. So it could He's look really bad later. His bats um, is crazy. 
So I, I think I'm out on it just because if I'm trading for a reliever, I'm adding to Helsley. I'm not giving up Helsley. That's my thing. Um, again, he just looks so good when he came back from injury, and we yeah. saw what happened. And like, you also fall into the same trap again. Trap again, where it's like if Classe's batter gets hurt, then your bullpen's really thin again. So um, you need multiple good relievers, right? Like you got to yeah. build the bullpen. You can't just have a closer. Yeah. So I think a lot. I mean, if you're thinking trying to trying to extract as much long-term value out of that closer spot it makes sense and it's an upgrade yeah. but i don't i don't know i don't really think it's worth giving up the two extra prospects to upgrade from helsley to class a um because i mean in any individual season helsley could be better than class a so absolutely and he was two years yeah ago was but also last year class a was a fair bit better than helsley because of the injury yeah so uh, it's interesting it's an interesting thought um yeah i don't, I don't think the cardinals need to do it Therein lies the problem with creating trades. Like we have no idea how teams value players, but the other problem is you might come up with something where the value is really fair, right? Like, yeah. but it just doesn't address a team's needs and it doesn't address a team's wants. Um, and it's like, maybe, maybe the Cardinals have something where they're like, well, we like class A, but we don't care for him as much as someone else might. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, who's another member here. I'm going to throw him on here. Just threw out an idea that he saw. He talked to a guy, um, who thought the cards should trade Victor Scott and Alec Burleson for Emmanuel Classe? Um, my first thought is I'm Classe or um, Victor Scott's untouchable to me, so I wouldn't do it. But then when I think about it a little bit harder, it's like if you're only giving up Scott and Burleson, maybe. Um, but I just think that I just I don't know. Maybe it's just my bias here, but I'm not giving Victor Scott. So. I don't think so either. And if you do that, you have to go acquire a center fielder. And with a guy like Kiermaier off the market, that's really tough. Well, you, I mean, you could use Edmund and Carlson. I, I hate the idea of Tommy Edmund in center. Field. Really? I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Brandon Kylie on one-on-one ESPN or someone like that. But um, we, I think we massively underrated how good Edmund oh, was defensively out there. And I wonder, I mean, I kind of wonder he's not bouncing around the diamond as much anymore if and i don't know maybe his bat. If, if you get a league average bat with borderline elite defense in center field that's that's great so um i i'm not great as in like a top 10 center fielder but he's probably league average center fielder yeah. if not slightly better so that's where i'm and then carlson again like he's another one of those one if guys he could be just what he is right now or he could finally hit that potential we thought he could and then he's a great center fielder so uh i I just, but again, I just think the the sky is the limit for Victor Scott. Not, not I necessarily. I, I don't think he could be no, a superstar necessarily, really but I, I think he could be a really, really, really good player. And yeah. I put in my bold predictions that he's uh, going to finish top three in rookie of the year voting. Again, it's bold. I meant to be bold. So yeah. I mean, some people are saying I like, like it. it. I but like it. I just think, like, again, like, especially if he gets a high number of steals and he's in the conversation for a gold glove, like that stuff like gets you on award radar. So I like um, it. Anyways. Uh, I, I like the idea of it. And then uh, Cleveland, you also followed up with, is Cho able to play center field? So. He's probably more of a corner outfielder, but he plays he's center a field big. a little bit right now. I think. Yeah, but he's a little big to stick in center field. They have questions about whether the speed will go, probably. He feels more like a big power hitter at some point in his career. Not necessarily like a, a typical slugger, um, but he's he's just got a big frame to play. Yeah. Yeah. But I like so, Cho. I love Cho. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I think this is a helpful segue as we close out here as well. Um, we're going to be, again, next week, we're the, at least the plan right now is to have Kareem on. You can follow him on Twitter, Kareem Season. 
just puts out some of the best stuff on Cardinals so prospects good. right now. So highly recommend checking him out on Twitter beforehand, before the episode. But if you want to be able to maybe influence some of the conversation we have with him about prospects, join our, join our membership program. Again, if you're in YouTube right now, it's pinned in the comment section. If you're not watching the stream right now or you're listening on audio platforms, you can go to our YouTube channel. Usually it works best if you go on a computer to try and join a membership program. And right next to the subscribe button, there should be join. There's three tiers. The lowest tier is a dollar a month, which gets you access to our Discord um, and priority chats in our chats. But again, if you want to be able to talk about a certain prospect, like I think Cho is someone we're going to ask him about. I'm sure, we'll ask him about Victor Scott and other guys like that. And uh, he's just got incredible stuff. And then we're, I'm also interested. I want him to help break down a little bit of some of this advanced analytics stuff and some of the stuff that people are looking for when it comes to bat speed or Z contact or sweet spot and all this kind of stuff that maybe the average average person doesn't really fully understand what's the big deal about that, but goes into a lot of the talent evaluation we see these days. And so again, really excited to have Kareem on. If you want to talk prospects, you want to throw some stuff out there with us to join our membership program in our discord. Um, and we'd love to have you in there. Um, otherwise though, um, we're really excited for next Sunday's pod. Sandy, anything you got off the, off the close here? I think that's most it. Um, yeah, just super excited to talk to Kareem. Um, love when he's in the chat. Seriously, like the content he puts out should be behind a paywall. It's a wonder that it's not. Yeah. Um, it's elite level analysis. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, if you're watching right now or you're watching later, please subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Yes. Even if you're not going to watch all of our episodes, at least you know you also, you know what's going on. We have interviews with different players, different media, um, different people who are experts in prospects or other areas. I'm sure at some points we're going to bring on people from maybe other clubs like to talk about how the Cubs are doing it and more of upcoming yeah. series. Like, like we, we just will have awesome Cardo content coming up. And so really excited about it. So if you want to stay up to date with what we got going on, click subscribe on there. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Um, so those are other social media platforms you can keep up with us. But again, the membership program is the best way to keep up with us on a day-to-day -day basis because you get direct access to everything we're doing. So um, thank you so much for watching. We're always blown away by the support and we're just so thankful that you guys would watch. And it's in January right now. We're still two months away from spring training and you're talking Cardinals baseball with us. We love Cardinal baseball. We love you guys. And so thanks for being a part of this community. Um, and we'll see you next week, barring an emergency pod. Which, Which I wouldn't mind. Would happen. You know? I would be excited. I'd be excited. We yeah. we kept having a string of those. We haven't had to do it recently, but if somehow a big trade happens or signing happens, we'll be there to cover it. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday with Kareem. Thanks again for joining. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join um, the membership program if you want to get some deeper um, access with us. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.